Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Great Supporting Characters. It originally aired December 11th, 2020. The topic is what makes a great um, supporting character. And uh, we always like to give examples. If we're going to talk about good, we're going to talk about the bad. Talking about the bad helps amplify the good. And um, defining a supporting character will be, I'm going to be loose and free on that because our rules are always loose and free. Uh, That could be sidekick. That could be a uh, walk-on, walk-off role that had some part of the plot and and then some si- some supporting characters then end up being so awesome they get their own title uh so um we're gonna try to talk about all of that if you have somebody you absolutely love um that's a that makes a great supporting character tell us who and why uh, or somebody you thought was a horrible supporting character who and why go for it um so uh I'd also like to talk about um, how those characters round out the story. And of course, a good supporting character is going to be integral to the plot and hopefully helpful or uh, important in some way. And they might be not helpful, but that might be the whole point um, to the hero and how they round out the story. Uh, meaning, do they fill an archetypal role? Do they help um, further the plot um, somehow? So let's get started. Um, I'll get the ball rolling. Great supporting character. One of my favorites and probably a cliche, Samwise Gamgee. Mm. I, I knew you were going to say that. I, see, I knew you would. I But it, it's predictable, but he's a... If you're going to talk about a supporting character that is so uh, integral to the story that there are huge debates about whether he's the real hero, and I know we could even say what are Mary or Pippin, or you know, they, <laughs> but you can debate whether uh, um, Samwise is is the hero because he literally carries Frodo, um, but he makes a great character. He is sort of he's a companion he rounds out the duo of frodo and samwise um he's the strength when frodo's uh failing um he's also a problem a a bit of a burden um that frodo has to deal with um so that's he as as an example i wanted to use frodo or samwise to get us get us rolling who else has somebody Oh, and Brent, Brent, are you going to be are you going to be sticking to the show, or are you going to be cutting out midway? I do have to cut out midway. Okay, okay. So we'll be sure to give you ample time to impart your wisdom. Go ahead, see Michael. Yeah, I thought the question was uh, who's you know who who's a bad supporting character. Isn't that what you said to me? I think you that said me something different too. But you don't hmm. look at a hey, wait, wait, you don't look for a supporting character. I think Scott well, said uh, both, right? It's a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. What's good, so the, what's bad. 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I, I, that's what I was prepared. Well, there's nothing wrong with telling us who. Uh, that, that, that's exactly what I wanted. Well, so the I topic don't... was what makes a great supporting <laughs> character. Or what do we look for? And I elaborized by <laughs> having made us up talk a word about, too. Oh, yes. Okay. What <laughs> makes a bad supporting character? Because I like to, I love to do that. I love the juxtaposition. How's that? Oh, that's a real word. There. Whoa. <laughs> uh, what makes a bad supporting character? Shia LaBeouf. Next. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be more. Yes. <laughs> um, in a particular role? <laughs> no. In this city. As a supporting character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, okay, he, look. And I, honestly, I don't really have a, that big of a problem with Shia LaBeouf. But, <laughs> but Indiana Jones, uh, Constantine. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, Robot, he was a supporting character. He yeah. support keep on much. forgetting he was in Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Was he in Constantine? Yes. I, I think I blocked was, out everything except for Keanu Reeves carrying that movie. <laughs> he too. The good thing, the best part about that movie is, well, he died. Spoilers! Oh, if you're spoiled after you haven't seen Constantine yet, you shouldn't be watching this show. No, not yet, not yet. No, but uh, but you know what they should do is they should give Shia like a movie with like Nick Cage. Then I'd have two reasons. He's worse, you know. So it's like, all right, double feature. The UNU. Um, although I I heard that Shia has been doing some not as big titles anymore. so he, 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 he did a yeah. fan film yeah he switched over he to doing like film. like indie like film festival style films yeah and actually <laughs> it was called indie yes it was a fan film yep. that tried to pass itself off as an indiana jones film Something, like some but... crystal thing i'm like i thought yeah. you were talking about the uh the peanut butter falcon which is actually fantastic <laughs> Well, yeah. no, and see, yeah. that's the thing. Okay, if yeah, he's actually like, a main character, I don't mind. What was it, like Eagle Eye and yeah. things like that? Those are good. I think also. As a supporting character, I guess mm. he's just one of them guys that need to be in the limelight. I yeah. Know. Well, I think he has the same issue that Nick Cage had, where if you give him a budget, then nothing, it's, it's just something happens in the equation or doesn't pan out. But like Nick Cage's last two movies, <laughs> same as Shia LaBeouf, like if you're the budget, then, then it's just him acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, he was the supporting character in the Transformer movies, wasn't he? I supporting and or main, I don't. Because... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did they have a main character? Did they have yeah. one? I think it was things? called Noise. Yeah. <laughs> you know the uh, the the best the best Transformer movie yet outside of the cartoon from the eighties movie, which was the best. Um, like the first five minutes of the Bumblebee movie. Uh, there were there were no humans. There was no there were there were robots that looked like the ones we grew up with. Yes, and yeah, there was true. there was like a, a a perfect sound wave who's like my favorite. And I was like, why can't they give us a movie like this? You know, and it's all human supporting characters. You know, that's that sucks. Yeah, I like the fact that I like the that they look like Transformers in that one. Yeah. Yes. Just give us, yeah. just give us like, was it the Dinobot saga? But just yeah, right. Keep, uh, keep John Cena because it's John Cena. Get rid of everyone else. Just John uh, Cena's there for some reason. What? <laughs> thought, he, look, he could stand in the corner and not speak. We Sir, can, John Cena's gonna be peacekeeper, and he's bringing the helmet. <laughs> we have to... Me to my, <laughs> brings me to my next point. 
<laughs> what's bad about uh, what, what is bad in supporting characters john cena <laughs> <laughs> you don't see me uh, I, uh, no i'm just messing no, just, he, he, he has too much commitment to i can't <laughs> someone's okay. dog is dying Heart <laughs> that's that's mine he's coughing uh, I, told, I told him to stop smoking nobody does that <laughs> They don't care. They don't care. So, but, uh, um, so okay. Go ahead. Oh, and the one thing, a whiny character. Mm. Yes. Overall, I think that's that's yeah. the number one thing. That, that'll kill it's any just, TV show for me. Whine just constantly. And as much as we love, you know, and, and see, Michael, I'm going to totally agree with you on that. As much as most of us hold love for 80s cartoons, most of them had that incessant stupid supporting character <laughs> thundercats snarf Arf, what yes. the hell yes. uh, masters of the universe <laughs> orko orko look cool but shut up uh, um yeah. battle of the planets like the greatest anime of all time based upon gotcha man um they had well he was gonna pay in uh gotcha man but uh peewee wouldn't they call it g-force what was he called in Battle of the Planets? The one that he's like, and they said like he's basically an android. Which was that guy? Sure, I heard that. And then he's like, I don't understand. It's like it was like bad android talk. Oh my god, Kiyop. They called him Kiyop. Yeah, so bookmark uh, that. Please. We're gonna <laughs> clip that. Can we clip that? Yeah, can someone can someone watch it on Twitch? Can you clip that, please? So, somebody's got to do a silver line <laughs> rewind this year. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, with like a lot of the cartoons in the '80s, as much as we loved them, they had a lot of bad supporting characters. You know, with that. Uh, oh, oh, Scrappy Doo. Okay, I hated oh, Scooby Doo yeah. to begin with. Uh, uh, but like Scrappy, oh. and then. When went uh, Batman and Robin, one of the like Batmite on like one Bat of the shows. Mite. It's like, are you kidding me? Batmite, oh so, my gosh. Bro. Yeah, it's like when they went with the cutesy <laughs> stuff. It's just like, oh, um, yeah. Then, it's similarly uh, Flintstones. Yes, with, I knew uh, you were gonna Gazoo, go there. Yes. The Great Gazoo. It's like, <laughs> but he wasn't like, a whitey character. He was shark, just a prat. That's... Shark jumping the shark. It's Ooh. like, oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> why? But yeah, so uh, unfortunately, we did suffer through a lot of that with our eighties. That we still hold so dearly. Yep. Man, see, that needed a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. It totally needed. A <laughs> well, since you asked, let me fire it up. No, just... <laughs> 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 ready. That, that would be awesome. So, uh, we can't stand whiny. Um, what about? So, uh, I was going to ask before we got off the actor thing. Is it other than just bad acting? Um, whiny. Um, Overacting, yeah, uh, yeah. constantly a burden. Yes, overconfidence, yes. overconfidence. You know that that cop, that overconfidence that you know that character can't do it, but they're just gonna they're just gonna do it and get in the way. But that, you know, that but kinda. that built all of Booster Gold. That made him the, 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 <laughs> the legend that he is today. <laughs> yeah, but but he's a but see now he's main. So. Yeah, that's. that's <laughs> And I, that pulled him into Maine is just the fact. That, well, I mean, if you do it right, because it's yeah. there has to be a point to that. it. 
because you have those insistently whiny characters, but then if you have someone like uh, a Mary or Pepin who are whiny, but there's a point to their story is they 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 show the the emotional journey unfold with their whininess slowly turning into. Well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're whiny, but there was a there was they had a comedic aspect of them. There's, you there's constantly being whiny. Exactly. You yeah, there's snarf, snarf. For... <laughs> they, they delivered it well. You could tell there was a point in why they made them whiny. It right, wasn't just right. we need a character to whine here. It was like they're whining there because X has changed and they're not used to it right. yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were hobbits. So I mean, <laughs> they don't do this kind of thing. You what crazy? about eleven C's? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Luke Skywalker is pretty much oh yeah, whiner. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, he he redeems himself. I, spoiler: mm-hmm. If you haven't yeah. seen what's it called? <laughs> Star Wars, I think. Yeah, I think a small uh, film from the late sixties. Star Wars. Stop now and go watch it. <laughs> we, oh come we on! We're to... gonna spoil it. Let Let's just spoil it. He never made it to Tashi Station to get the power converters, <laughs> and he whined and whined and whined about it, and he never got it. It's and I know that's true. that's what his uncle Ed so said true. when you know, like when uh, what was it? Uh, Biggs and Tank left, yeah. but Luke actually suffered a stroke in the desert heat, and the rest of the story is just him <laughs> <laughs> dying from heat. <laughs> yes, that was the last thing that he said right before he disappeared at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah. I could have had the power of. <laughs> All I needed was a moisture farm. Just one moisture farm. <laughs> we've we've had this discussion, right, about um those those little signs. They're not across the board, but of somebody you're not going to get along with, right? You know, like mm-hmm. right off the bat. And, and I try not to do that because I, I'm I, I'm wrong. But there, we all have those things that, like that person, I I don't think we're going to be besties, but. People who have not seen any Star Wars. Now, I'm not a I'm not a diehard fanboy of Star Wars, but I, for me, it's been it's a measure. Like if someone says, "Oh, I've never seen Star Wars," I think, okay, if if we're in America or or really like most of the developed mm. world, I'm like, where? How? What something's... is wrong with you? Be careful, Scott, <laughs> yeah. because it's a generational thing. My mm. the team I work with has had interns who never saw a Star Wars movie, but they watch YouTube incessantly. Yeah, or okay. they never saw the original trilogy, but they saw the prequel yeah. trilogy and loved it. And they like, oh. yeah. right, we've oh. talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. it is. And then he has their Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and then he so, have the weird. Uh, uh, Younger millennials love the prequels, and then you have younger Gen Z who now love the sequel trilogy because it's just their first exposure to the yeah. storytelling. My yeah. uh, my my son, when you know, growing up, of course I've got Star Wars stuff all around the house. You know, he's like, I hate Star Wars. I'm like, you're a doctor, then, whatever. Now you, uh, you know, don't, right no don't, don't put down my like religion. That's not cool. And then when the new uh, sequel trilogy came out, um, that's when he was actually interested. That's when he wanted to start getting, you know. The, uh, the cool stuff we saw the movie uh, 23 times Force Awakens 23 times in theaters yep. once, mm. a, once a week while played in Illinois uh, so that was pretty cool but uh, his wording was like uh, Star Wars Rebels that's where he like really yeah. like kicked into high gear he goes this is my Star Wars and then he went back to watch Clone Wars um, 
he's really has no interest in watching the Holy Trilogy with me. So the originals don't do much for him. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm okay with that because he has his, we have ours. Mm-hmm. Um, those poor children of the 90s have the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But you know, even what? as a child, I wasn't into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but you know, yeah. it, it's cool that everybody has theirs and they all tie together. Um, and now, like, oh my God, he's like the one who's wanting to stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning to watch The Mandalorian when it drops Friday morning. Oh, you yeah. know, and so he beats me to it. And I'm like, but but I'm the one with the shrine of to Boba Fett in my house. That <laughs> used to be in my office. I literally have a. I'm looking right at it, a shrine yeah. to Boba Fett, and I'm like, okay, so like you like Mandalorian stuff now? He's like, yeah, because of Clone Wars, and you know, and so he's like schooling me on stuff now, and it, it's cool. But have you watched the Life Day special with them? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, the, the original fun. holiday special. <laughs> I did show my wife and I just caught it the other the other night. Yeah. That, that was fun. the Lego thing, right? No, no, no. You're talking the original the, one. The, the one that opens like five minutes of Wookiees talking, and you don't have any what's happening. Oh no, no, yeah, you're talking about the old old one. Yeah, yeah the one with B. No, Arthur no. and Tim Conway. I've got some bootleg versions. And Carrie Fisher sings. Yeah, Carrie Fisher sings, and Luke Skywalker has way too much rouge on. And yeah, that's that's But the uh, the cartoon that was done by Nelvana with the first appearance of Fett, mm-hmm. that was cool. That yeah. was really really cool. So I'm so glad Chewbacca's son Lumpy was watching that. <laughs> uh, not, or was the father Lumpy? No, I, they're all lumpy, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you guys catch that, that Legos thing? It's no, something. no, I do want to watch that. It's really cool. It's, I, I heard it was good. Yeah, it was really neat. It's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Is Jefferson Starship in it? Yes. Yeah. Well, not the Lego one, but the original one. Well, yeah. well I, I don't yeah. know if I can watch the Lego one then. Right. <laughs> I need that. You know. Frankly, I'm Listen. I'm more of a, a Hardware Wars fan myself. Anyone? I've got that. Ah, yes. Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I think we can all agree if you encounter someone who has said, I've never seen Star Wars, something's not right. I feel like turn and run. No, 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 no. You you just back away slowly as to not provoke. I feel like you're proselytized. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, need to, you need to look at this as a teaching opportunity exactly <laughs> they, say they haven't seen star wars then say do you have a piece of paper don't write this down on your phone you'll lose it <laughs> write it down start here right i feel like here and then we'll talk no 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 well, you we sit need... them down and you pull your phone out and <laughs> dial it up into, you, <laughs> you know, got three hours right <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> sit down with me. No. Let's let's watch them. No. Well, I feel like you need we need we need to create some like uh some old school like Jedi tracks. Like you know like the <laughs> <laughs> paper piece of paper they had at school. Would you like to hear about our religion? Well, let me tell you about mine first, all right? Let me so tell you about my good old friend, L.S. Uh, you know, but unfortunately, you know, he didn't have the high ground. And, yeah. Yeah. and then like four hours later, they leave crying, and you're like, my work here is done. 
okay, so let's bring it to to the sidekick thing. C three PO. C three PO was whiny. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but as a protocol droid, he was he was a deaf. He was good for mm-hmm. the um, comedic relief that he offered. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, of course, R two D two was too whiny, but yeah. you know, R two had a mouth. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. he does a lot. He was yeah. he was the most yeah, right. uh, bleeped out character to ever be in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like every <laughs> oh that. no, my ears. Those astromechs, I swear to God, you know. Uh, <laughs> see, Michael, going back to talking about three PO, um, I'm gonna if you don't mind, Scott, I'm gonna kind of tie it back to the topic. Um, one of the things that when it comes to supporting characters that I like. I like supporting characters that are interesting in their own way and could serve to have stories of their own, mm-hmm. but but they don't all necessarily have to be ones to have like their own franchises. Like, mm-hmm. you know, an independent 3PO story could be awesome, <laughs> you know, but you wouldn't yeah, want like a very slow people <laughs> trilogy on 3PO. But <laughs> even, you know, if you think about it though, but they had droids. Um, well, <laughs> fuck, sir, droids. Um, you know, but even with 3PO, this was really cool. He had a very notable arc of progression. You know, he actually grew yeah, heroic. from yeah, from the, the first movie. movie when Luke was like, "You know of the rebellion, uh, you know, against the Empire." And he's like, "You know, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not very good at you know telling stories." Not to at least, or not to make them interesting uh, anyway, right? So he's saying he tells boring stories, but by Return of the Jedi, he's hanging out on the Force of <laughs> Endor. He's talking to the um, Ewoks, who are all captivating. He's like, and then Luke Skywalker, and then like the Ewoks, they're just like going crazy because they're like so in like you know in in enthralled with three PO storytelling. So just even little things like that. That you could do with not the major characters, you know, uh, that's cool. I like to see growth and character development, even in you know the complementary characters. He even was a pretty kind of a hero in the last movie. Remember yeah, he gave up all of his uh, his memories yeah. and stuff just to yeah. But of course, he or got whatever because, whatever yeah. happened in that last movie. Whatever that happened in that last movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he like he, had, dream. he it he, had Daisy Ridley. That's all I needed. I was mm-hmm. good. Uh, he, he a good example of a supporting character because he's there for a very specific reason, not just to a scene, but to the entire story. Because, and a good way to look at it would be: what if R two D two could actually speak? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't need three PO. But then R2 would be completely different and it would it would literally mess up the story as it was conceived and they would have had to throw in other things. So 3PO had an interesting personality, but he was there for a very specific purpose. I think that is when I think of my favorite supporting characters, I think of Basically, any show Joss Whedon has ever done. Mm-hmm. He did yeah. supporting characters better than anybody I've ever seen. And it, part of the reason was because they each had their own very distinct personality, mm-hmm. but you never questioned why they were there. 
and they they changed, they grew over the course of each season. Um, so they were never the same as when they started out. Um, and I love that. Um, but it's funny, when I think of supporting characters I hated, I hated Wesley Crusher in the first season. Was so oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, straight on, like, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah, he, he I love the self-deprecating humor. Well, yeah, I appreciate that about him. But yeah. even back then, yeah. I mean, I didn't have to have it explained to me. He had no reason to be there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was no. crazy. He was so smart. He kept saving the Enterprise that I stopped thinking, why are you there? And started wondering, <laughs> why is anybody else there? Yeah. How, how old were you? <laughs> how old were you when uh, TNG came up, Brian? I was, oh gosh, I was high school. Senior. Okay. Okay. So about the same as me. Um, I think he was put in to uh, attract like the younger demo, you know, so that's oftentimes where we as a little bit older, cause uh, Brent, can I ask what year were you born? Uh, 71. Okay. I was 73. Please so we were that, uh, when hacking my private. <laughs> yeah. And what's your pet's name? And, <laughs> and, what's your, and the last, and last four, four social. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So I was born in 70. Mother's so, maiden you know, name, please. We're, we're very, very close. Oh, I, there, there was no mother. I was, you know, just brought down from the start. No, um, oh. but yeah, kind of like Anakin, only better. A high uh, no, but, anyway, <laughs> anyway, Brent, going back to what I was saying, sorry, digress. Um, yeah, I think a lot of times that's what happens. They bring in the younger characters to appeal to a different demographic that may rub us the wrong way. Um, but if somebody was 10, 12, they might have gone, ooh, I want to be like him. Oh, look, he's so smart. You know, I was just like, dang, your mom's hot. You know, <laughs> Gates McFadden, very attractive. You know, I, uh, I Deanna Troy, also very attractive, but I think I like Dr. Crusher better. I can speak uh, to that, though. Because I was nine or ten when that came out, and I oh, couldn't okay. stand Will Crusher then either. You know, so. okay, cool, cool. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, watching that. I was like, no, I, who was this kid? I'd much rather be yeah. like Riker. Like yeah, right, Riker yeah. slays with the ladies, Riker. and also he knows how to kill a man. Yeah, it's a great example of what happens when an element is put into a story that's not story driven, but mm. is driven by something else. Because you're probably yeah. right, John. It was some yeah, probably exec who was like, we need to get the kids involved in the Star Trek. Yeah. And yeah, they shoved some guy in there, and all the kids are going, this guy's an idiot. Why wouldn't yeah. I want to well, be like Riker? Well, that's but, yeah. I, I, but it, I, sorry. I, I was going to say, and then I liked it when they actually gave him the Academy arc. Like, yeah. He's actually going to school, and like he he's doing a purpose for the greater yeah. whatever right. here. And, and then they took. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. Go finish. Oh, sorry. It, oh I lost it now. But it's uh, <laughs> he, he has his own struggles and goals at that point. That being a kid at that point, you can relate to your own trek through school or whatever at the same time, minus mm-hmm. interstellar combat. You know, uh, and then where I was going with that one, Tim, because I was going to like dovetail out of yours because you make a great point. And I think that they did that even better um, in um, DS9. Yes. Because yeah. not only did Cisco's son go through the program, but Nog, the first mm-hmm. Ferengi. Yeah. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. the Ferengi really had 
a whole problem going through, which was also then kind of parallel, if you think about it, with Worf, who was the first Klingon on a Starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. or uh, on a uh, Federation Starship. You know, so yeah, I uh, I think you're definitely right on that. that I, I, he started having a good arc later on, and they did, and that happens in the first season. Up to that point, they the kids don't get as much screen time as their parents, who are dealing with this Cold War that's starting to uh, thaw a little yeah. bit. And uh, but once the school starts and um, uh, Keiko uh, starts, you know, having her own arc, the kids get more screen time because now they all serve a purpose for the story. They're not just there to insert, throw away a line. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, and it, it should be worth noting that DS9 was a completely different scenario than TNG. Mm-hmm. TNG was a starship. Yep. It was a ship that traveled. Uh, it was about the, the crew that made up the command crew of the ship. Why would you need a kid there? A kid has no place there. <laughs> what was child on the bridge? Space station yeah. <laughs> and all the different people that interact with that, you need kids because kids have a completely different perspective on what's going on. That's different from adults. You have all kinds of different stories that you can tell through the eyes of a kid on well, a space station. It makes sense. Not on a command deck. Of a- yeah. <laughs> well, I think they also felt it's a kind of a pitfall of writing teenagers Mm-hmm. Is the fact that you have an adult writing a kid, so you're yeah. writing from a from an adult's perspective of a kid, and yeah, you could be a kid, right? But a kid doesn't see themselves that way. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're going to convey to children or to or to teenagers especially, you kind of have to write above that level. So that's not just about their understanding how they perceive themselves as being. Yeah. Trust me, I remember when I was 16 years old, I thought I was smarter than I was. Mm-hmm. Now I know that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are. You are. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, it usually though, <laughs> a, a kid. The introduction of a kid is usually the beginning of the end of a show. Yeah. When they bring a kid on, that's like that's the last, the dying breaths of a usually a sitcom. So are you talking yeah. cousin Oliver? I have to do it. Go. Okay, cousin. Cousin. I, I I've been waiting for this. Okay, so oh cousin God. Oliver ruined um Brady Bunch. Yeah. Uh, I and I was thinking about this one earlier today too. So Battlestar Galactica. Right, so my email address was Cylon. My license plate is Cylon. Cylon is part of my DNA. Galactica 1980. That POS. Oh my God! And that one, they had like this this space child who like freaking Lauren Green, who was like a hundred freaking years old, is listening to this like twelve year old little brat with a bull haircut. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then they did something even stupider with Mork and Mindy. Because if you Oh gosh, Jonathan Winters. Yes. Yes. So not only not only did they have to talk to like his great leader, who was a freaking child, because Mork's people, if you remember, they aged backwards. Then they jumped the shark because they gave Mork and Mindy a kid who was some old dude because they aged backwards. So not only did they introduce a kid. They introduced an older guy acting like a stupid kid. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, okay, where else do we want to go with this one, Matt? Uh, so, uh, um, seven, seven from married with children. Oh my god! But at least they finally got rid of him, and they never talked about him again. Yes, they did. They, he was on the milk carton. <laughs> that is right. That I sent the right. milk carton down. You saw it. Yes. Have you seen me with uh, seven space? Yes, so they, they right. touch on it. Yeah. Oh my god. Cosby show, right? Um, Cosby. Oh Cosby. yeah. 
Um, hey, um, yeah. Growing, yep. uh, not, yeah, Growing Pains, right? Um, um, Leon. Leon. Yep. Yep. No, they, brought uh, in, oh, but they brought in two for Growing Pains because you got to remember Chrissy. Yes. Yep. Oh, my God. I forgot about her on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, oh, what was the other one? Oh, Happy Days. They just started swapping oh, yeah. people the, the heck out. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Didn't they bring a kid in? There was a little, wasn't there? There was, there was a kid. Wait, yeah, they were the youngest cousin. Strokes. No, there was a kid, Nikki. Was there? You're right. Oh, I it was, uh, she was pregnant. In fact, that's when they lost the uh, first mother and got the uh, second mother mm. came in. For yeah, Nikki, the he was the younger son. Different yes. strokes. They brought in the little redheaded kid, um, because uh, yep. every time the every time the young cute kid of the show got too old, they brought in a new young cute cute kid who <laughs> wasn't cute. So yeah, you you had the little redheaded kid that you know, of course, gingers have no souls. So it's like there goes that show. Oh my god, yeah. You know what else? Xanax. I gotta go. <laughs> All right. oh, oh my I'll see you guys next week. Well, you need to no, give yeah. us a mic, a mic drop, something. Um, one, one good thing to to keep us going. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Come, come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. Um, okay. He was the kid for Independence Day too, wasn't he? Um, Independence Day uh, is a work of cinematic genius. <laughs> I'm Brent Larson. That's perfect. You can't just drop that bomb in the middle of a room and walk and, out. Independence, <laughs> Independence Day had me livid in the theater. It was horrible. Uh, it was Independence Day. I remember what what year did that come out? I, I was 85, 86. No, 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 no 96. 95, 95. 96, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was a teenager, and I remember that movie just blew my mind. I had, but I, looking back though, I've watched it again, and uh, I'm like, it yeah. does not stand the test. Nope. No. I fell asleep while watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That the thing that lost me on that the beginning, the beginning of it was great. Okay, it was fun. It was good. It was well acted, but I was teaching technology at the time. All right. So at that point, I mean, it wasn't had, realistic. Is oh my god! You know, so like at that point, you couldn't get a PC and an Apple to communicate on the same network very well. <laughs> you know, you try to get two different computers to talk to a printer ain't gonna happen. But you know what? That dude. Oh, I think he could write a program that's, that's... gonna be a virus in an alien language that we never saw it before. And so now we're going to go ahead and write this virus in this thing. You know, thank God the alien technology Look, was IBM PC compatible. You got the guy who turned himself into a fly. I think it's believable. No, 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 no. It was no, 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 no. no, no, no. a uh, Linux operating uh, system on the station. <laughs> yeah. Of course it worked. We didn't even have Linux back problem, then. Josh. That makes sense. You know, TCIP. We can all write in Python. I'm like, oh my god! So they're gonna write a virus, upload it to the system. Yeah, when they went down that path, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. It wasn't that Randy Quaid saved the day. Randy Quaid did it. Randy Quaid And then he went crazy. Oh no, he was already crazy. There's a good supporting character right there. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. You had somebody at the beginning. It's kind of like a 
uh, what a Shakespearean comedy. He's he's a mess. This, yep. this is a total mess. And by the end of it, you know, he's he's pulled it all Self together. Self sacrifice. Yeah. The world. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you know, there's a good. There something good came out of that movie. Good. Randy Quaid. Well. <laughs> before i forget ding 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 it's our uh it's time for trivia you know how we always have the trivia on our show oh, right yeah name name the character joe wait name yeah. the character Name the character that Robert. is played by, played by the same actor as Wesley Crusher's roommate. What? As Wesley Crusher's roommate. Say that again. Yeah. Academy. I, I won't interrupt this time. You say it what? all the way. Wesley Crusher, and they they do the the they like the plasma or whatever, and the maneuver. They 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 have the. They get in trouble because they 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 like. Oh, the, that's right. Gone. When he went to the academy, kind of thing. When he was yeah. gone there for a little. Wesley's while. roommate. It is not the same character, but it is the same actor. That actor plays another Star Trek main character. Hmm. Well, they, all the Star Trek people people they, were in multiple shows. I can't I can't tell you the actor's name because I can't remember. But he is well, Tom Paris in Voyager. Oh. Wait, what? Oh yeah, Tom Paris is Wesley's roommate. Yeah, no way. He's the, he's the one that's. I think he's the one that tells him to lie. He's the problem. Like, I think he's oh, the one. Yeah. yeah. Tom Paris was my favorite one on Voyager. Yeah, he was. He was. I liked him. Most of the Voyager crew, I did not like, but I liked so, Tom. So the actor was the same, but not the character. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think. Even I, the guy that plays Tuvok is in Star Trek Six. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Without he's makeup. Not, he's not. Yeah. yeah, he's not a Vulcan. Not a Vulcan. Yeah, he's just. He's, he's just a, a regular yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, there we go. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, trivia hour is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to our quick hour. <laughs> trivia hour might be to see what Scott knows. Regular. <laughs> Who's watching <laughs> Discovery? Anybody watching Discovery? I just Not picked yet. up the discs. I haven't watched it oh, yet. Oh, it's, it's pretty good. I have been I enjoying. Can. So that was. I was going to go there with. Um, I know he's going to be a main character, and he was a main character for a little while, but. <laughs> just, Discoveries, Captain Pike. Yeah, I know. I uh, yes. love him. It's going to be good. Really he did, he turned job. out to be a breakout character, didn't oh. he? Yes. He well, he that, was that a main character. I'm... Well, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, he but was I mean, the first did... Star Trek. Come on. But, yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs> he was in it forever. That's right. Maybe yeah. why, why did we have yeah. to take so long yes. to get, get rid of His best role was beep, beep, beep. Why are you cussing? That was that was my Captain Pike impersonation. That was insensitive, um, and I am recording you. I am going to dox you. You probably just got kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> oh, I never think about running for office now. Okay, that's, that's forever. I did a Captain Pike impersonation. I always thought, okay, in the twenty what twenty second. Third, wait, 22nd century, Captain Pike? 22, 23rd century? In the future. In the, I, only, yeah. <laughs> I only go by that's start dates. Best, 
that's the best they can come up with. And I mean, like right now we have machines that can talk for us and all that. And he has a wheelchair with one beep and two beeps. <laughs> he, he didn't even have Stephen Hawking level stuff. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wesley wasn't born yet to make the, right, the device right. that he needed. To, yeah. So in Discoveries, Captain Pike. Yeah. I would put him as a supporting character. He does become in charge, but he is not the lead. Right. Uh, he is a the, the actor. As the, the, the way, yep, the way they write his, his you know, his whole character is fantastic. Yeah. And yes, he deserves yeah. a show. What, and I what? know, I know they were just given, you know, just you know, giving lip service to the fanboys to bring the Enterprise in for a while to kind of give Discovery a shot in the arm. I, I, I mean, it's real heavy on Enterprise for a, for a little while. Spoiler, sorry. Um, oh, well, but, yeah, I don't want to go spoiler, but the reason yeah. I want to see it so bad, and I won't say, Spock. but no, actually, that one kind of pushed me away a little bit. I'm like, eh, yeah, he, he, was fine. he was fine. And, and I'm sure he is, you know, um, yeah. But it was weird. Where where I hear somebody came from and where I hear they went goes back to my favorite original series oh, episode yes. ever. Yes. Whisper it, whisper it real quiet so I can hear. So I know what <laughs> um somebody <laughs> mentioned Spock, right? Yeah. He'd yeah. look good with a goatee, wouldn't he? Oh. Oh. Which is also one of the I think one of the worst Enterprise episodes so that I oh the Enterprise one, but the I intro, but the intro yeah. to that how they totally redid the intro, yeah, yeah. to make yeah. it match that. Yep. Oh my god, that was yeah. brilliant. You know, am I the yeah. only one out of all of us that like like Enterprise? I like Enterprise. No, I like Enterprise. Yeah. I like Enterprise. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like I thought they did. Like, yeah, but it, that, that, that episode. Was one episode. It's like they it's it's the second to last episode. I mean, it wasn't that great, but I still like. It. No, I, I, like didn't, they, I didn't. I didn't have any problem with it. I don't know. I appreciated the. I, I like the idea of it coming together. I yeah, just, I like I just the. I, my attention. I like the take they kind of did on a little di- differently. I wish they had a better way to set it all up. Uh, but uh, Star Trek traditionally has always been a science or discovery ship or um, Deep Space Nine. They kind of got a little more militaristic, and it was just a essentially a guard port. But the idea with Enterprise that they were science discovery, but they built Enterprise like a gunship. Uh, and then we got into the whole weird transdimensional war thing, which I kind of dug. But I kind of I want to see something more about the military arm of Starfleet. Like what like what are the Marines and the guys on gunships doing when zones turn hot? Like I want that yeah. kind of, that got me interested in what that would look like in the Star Trek universe. Would be what would this look like if they band of brothers it? I think yeah. I think they try to stay away from that though because of its uh, intent on having that peaceful. Ex- exactly, they do. But, but it would yeah. be very interesting to yeah. see. Actually, I think just from purely from a <laughs> it's the the theming and the moral of Star Trek at large, but just for the pay- yeah. sake of storytelling, that's what when I got interested be- into the fact that they actually had grunts on this ship and yeah. they had a proper like regimented security force. Uh, Aaron Humphreys on YouTube says his favorite supporting character is Hudson from Aliens. That is a good pick. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, played by. I can see him, but I can't remember the name. 
Well, if someone wants to look that up, they Bill can. Bill Paxton. I don't know. Well, this yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, look at you. I never man. saw it. Yeah. Never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But Bill no. Paxton was in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah. he in uh, Independence Day? Okay. Well, no. Not, no, that, no, that was, was Bill Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Bill. Isn't there? Uh, sorry, there's probably a Simpsons reference. Isn't there a reference? Simpsons reference where they're in the the theater and the 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 sea captain corrects him on it's Bill Pullman. Isn't there a? Yeah. So I'm gonna have to look that up. I have to watch all the Simpsons again. Yeah, they because the, they were both kind of getting th- uh, popular at the same time. They were getting, yeah, and that thing. Yeah, I feel like they're in the theater and someone yells at him that it's Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton. I don't remember. Um, I, okay. I just remember What's, Bill Paxton was in like sequels of stuff like Aliens and mm-hmm. Two and yeah. stuff <laughs> and Twisters. Oh, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, okay. Let's let's come back. Um, first of all, oh, did we lose John? Okay, Rory, oh. Haley. Yes. Are we talking? I just over- killed video for a second. I need <laughs> to grab a bottle. I'll be right back. No. Um, what 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 do you look for? Uh, what supporting character? If, if we can be comic books, we can, it can be movies, it can be literature. Um, what do you I like? I had a thought. Yeah. While you were talking about like the bringing kids into shows, thing like yeah. I don't know, if it's kind of a tangent, but it reminded me of something like I was reading a Teen Titans comic, and like there's like an intro to it where the writer was talking about like how when they first introduced like Robin and other like sidekick characters, it was supposed to like bring in the kids, but, and he was a kid, but he like hated it because he's like, well, I'm not all like super powered and athletic like them, but I could feel like I could like grow up to be like, not realistically, but he was like, I like Batman more. Cause I feel like, Oh, well I could like grow up to be him. But if I'm like yeah. Robin's age right now, I'm not mm-hmm. as athletic as he is. So it makes right. me feel that. So I was like, that was kind of an interesting thought so then he was saying like when he went on to write these characters like he wanted to do it differently and make them seem more like human i get like more like actual teenagers rather than like something kind of unattainable i don't know that reminded me that i thought that was kind of an interesting perspective i I want to know how many kids took up gymnastics or something like that because of robin or dick grayson like (laughs) yeah yeah I know somebody ran away to join the circus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I know, uh, when uh, uh, was it Warhorse that book dropped? A lot of people, a lot of kids got into equestrian. Equestrian. Yeah. Dressage. Yeah, dressage. Specifically dressage. But um, I I just I read something that sale sales of chess boards is through the roof because, because of yeah. Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good show. I've been I'm, I'm yeah. like three episodes and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Have they but, been uh, tracking sales about 3D chess boards? But, <laughs> sorry, had to take it back to track. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. All good. All right. okay. But uh, <laughs> but speaking of uh, supporting characters from the Holmes universe, I feel like another good archetype for a supporting character is to have the character's conscience yeah. which you see a lot mm-hmm. in in watson where the homes is like all right i gotta lead him and pursue it through uh going through as many people as i need to and watson's like how about we don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah how about you don't get addicted to heroin yeah uh, while yeah 
Yeah, that, that, that's a fine line to walk when you have that supporting character who is either the conscience or sort of like a narrator. Mm-hmm. It works for some stuff, but you that cheesy that the, yeah. they're the exposition and they have to tell what's it called the the info dump or they the info dump they, yeah they, mm-hmm. the, the new guys there and they go well you know the, the warp core can break down mm-hmm. at any moment you got to watch that valve and then mm-hmm. oh because later on right. that's gonna be that the pump breaks <laughs> so yeah that's a, Watson Watson's a good character it works but sometimes that that supporting character is just you know what was really what's really cool about Watson. Is the way uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote him was so that he didn't have to write from Sherlock's perspective. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a really good usage of, of supporting characters mm-hmm. to kind of have that to look into that world of Sherlock and have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're just. It's, yeah. it's back to Tony Stark built it in the cave. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What's going on there, Snuggie? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. I'm trying to find I'm a good background. Yeah. You're just I'm trying to psychedelic slug or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe if I tell you, I don't have a green screen. Oh well. Uh, so, uh, other other characters. So we got like you know, like Lois Lane. Mm. She was always. That's the problem when they don't when they don't write them all. We talked about really well, like Josh yeah. Whedon's supporting character, and I, and mm-hmm. lo- I think of course things have gotten better with with storytelling, mm-hmm. um, in that aspect less two dimensional. But Lois Lane was always her only reason mm-hmm. was to get in trouble, like yeah. mm-hmm. or to yeah to undo Superman's efforts because of her. She's just bumbling and then gets caught and gets in trouble. Same with hey, Jimmy. I, I, I this also, is. This this comes from being a, a, a huge X Men nerd, but uh, I honestly think that one of the best uh, love relationships shown in comics is actually uh, Cyclops and Emma Frost. Kitty. Oh, not not Jean Grey because Jean Grey uh, was she had some weird moments and then she turned psychotic and there was some problematic issues with her writing at the time. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Emma Frost is a completely dynamic character with her own motivation and goals there, but. They just line up in such a way where Cyclops and Emma both have the idea of what they think is best for the mutant nation, and that causes them to develop a strong relationship over that. But they never agree a hundred percent of the time. There's always something where either one's tugging at the other to be a little more humane, or they just have different ideals of what structure would look like for this amorphous ideal that they both share. Well, she sure to take it to uh, extremes with Death of X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's, there's some moments where I love they're... you, Scott. I'm going to make you the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like... There's some, there's some different moments where they're, <laughs> they're like, where the writers like, okay, we need characters to kill each other because it's a comic book. Yeah. But, <laughs> but as far as like, they they never really serve just to be each other's love interest the entire time. Their love interest is certainly part of the story, but it's not their entire motivation. I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Chris and Michael. Yeah, I in the uh, get back to the Joss Whedon world. Um, Black Widow in uh, Winter Soldier, uh, which I think is John's favorite. Is that your favorite? It is. Yep, yeah. yep. I uh, I absolutely loved her role in yes. there. Um, if, uh, you know, in, it's something that 
Uh, Chris Evans never really got, you know, a movie of his own where he's the own focus. You know, if you take a look at the first one, you know, he had Bucky in there quite a bit. Um, And then Agent Carter, who I, you know, and I love Bucky. I love Mm -hmm. Agent Carter. Um, Tom Lee Jones. Winter Soldier. What's that? I said Tom Lee Jones just stole a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yep. And then. um, I forgot how much he was in that. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And then uh, you had the second uh, Sharon Carter and the other one. Uh, But yeah, Black Widow being his partner. I think that those Captain America films all were much better films for having that, um, the secondary character Mm -hmm. to have that team up. I think, I don't think that they would have been as good. I'm obviously stories would have been different, but I really think that the dynamic with him and somebody else, um, really made those films. So yeah, I absolutely love what they did with Black Widow there. And, and Black Widow, so uh, she wasn't the, so very often, yes, because a lot of movies have just the, the male protagonist, and then they throw the woman in, and she's two-dimensional. Um, either she's the lowest lane that's getting in trouble, or they, I feel like they make her two-dimensional the other way, where she's just a butt kicker, and okay, fine, but why do I care about this character? Mm-hmm. Black Widow, I love the, like, they're kicking butt, and then she's talking, like, the same time talking about who he should go on a date with, you know, um, <laughs> and that the two of them aren't in love, you know, because there's the little, just a teensy bit of, of, of tension, but you you know, it's not, they're not, that's not them, and yeah. I think that's great, um, and she kicks butt, so um, I, I love that she's a, a three-dimensional well thought out and well-rounded character and so much so she gets her own movie which i i think was way overdue i thought she should have gotten one a couple phases ago yeah i think um i think they did a great job with winter soldier um expanding the knowledge of who she is so of course she first showed up you know in the iron man films and then you know later on in uh, you know, throughout the other ones, but um, I think that was a great opportunity to expand, and she became less of oh, I don't want to say stereotype. Um, what sort I'm looking for? Um, oh, basically they were fleshing out the character archetype. You know? Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's like she she was no longer kind of just a standard. Oh, this is this character. You know, they really started fleshing her out, going into her background, going into some of her. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's having a stroke. Long thought. <laughs> Long thought. Yep. He's thinking about it. <laughs> we got a lot uh, that is one shot. of the uh yeah that's the best trace for john <laughs> I, 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 this is the third time i've uh, noted the time for john because i gotta splice something together for for yeah. the for john. <laughs> silver line rewind <laughs> poor john we love you you can probably hear everything we're saying yeah <laughs> oh god so don't let yeah, them back in. But John, don't if you're listening, we're looking at a picture of you with your mouth wide open. So <laughs> we're drawing pictures on, on your face. <laughs> Taking a snapshot right now. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> oh. Ah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I think I got it. 
<laughs> oh, John is entering the room. John, <laughs> okay, all right, folks. So um, we can all agree that a secondary, a supporting character actually needs to support mm-hmm. and not just be along for the ride or simply a comic foil that does nothing. Um, annoying? No way. Like Annoying, I will turn the show off because of yeah. supporting character. Um, yep. And then we haven't really touched on it much and I... Um, kind of kind of uh see monthly you mentioned archetype archetypes can't just be cliches we can't have that bumbler or the the sidekick this and mm-hmm. the sidekick can't be that like they're always just like a um a younger replica of the hero like mm-hmm. from they're just a younger version uh, like more naive and yeah they have to be their own character to be interesting um and a lot of this was fine a hundred years ago um into the 40s and early days of of comic books um it was it was new ground because i mean when you look at robin being the first sidekick there wasn't really anything you know that was they didn't really have anything to base that on so right 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 and and like everything it has to evolve in some way and i i love to see those good characters the the bad Supporting characters, make them go away. Don't, you know, right. <laughs> you can only you only try for so long. Um, but when they've got the merits there, yeah, and then they become very often in the comic book world, they become their own. Yeah, I because I, that's kind of what happened with uh, the the legend we love and know now, Deadpool. Yep, was yeah. very much just the, the foil for Cable, and at at the at certain times he didn't have much of a precise purpose he was just like i'm here because i, I what else i'm gonna do and that was literally his reason for being there but they did um another good use for a supporting character is to be the anti-straight man like not just like slapstick but right. with your having if you're having an emotional story in a traditionally multi-emotional medium like comics have always been a little bit goofy at times yep uh but if you have someone like cable is supposed to be hyper serious or you're in a story that it has moments where it's hyper serious uh the hero needs to be willing to become uh as serious to deal with the situation at hand but uh a good comedic relief side character that just spices in for a moment uh does a lot to flush out the tone or presence of a story itself uh since the story needs to breathe on its own uh, it can't just be super gritty all the time. Otherwise, you get uh, early Nolan. Um, uh, for those who are familiar, does anyone know the character Dupe? Nope. Okay. Yeah the uh, <laughs> the the green floaty thing. The green floaty thing from X Men. He he. Yes. Uh, X. Uh, what was that? X Force. X Force. Yeah. He eventually uh. gets his own run. For whatever reason, but he doesn't speak. He is just a green dupe that will occasionally steal guns from Cable and kill somebody. He was kind of like Slimer's like yeah. cousin that we don't talk about. But he. But they gave him his own book. They gave him his own book. Yeah, but he the, the, the oh reason he doesn't really show up until it's a moment where you're like, okay, someone should just kind of die here because it would be funny. And dupe runs in, kills a guy, and runs off, and that's all we see of him. 
because he's there to make the story breathe and not be his not be a weight on it. Yeah. And then eventually he ends up becoming more important where he becomes the sounding wall for when someone just needs to talk. Uh, what better than a guy who can't talk back? <laughs> <laughs> so he's there for the more mental characters who process situations. It's really weird. It doesn't work out sometimes, but when it does, it's astounding how well it does. Thank you for the end. I'm going to have to go look up Dupe. Look up Dupe. If you're interested in side characters, look up Dupe. It'll it'll give you a lot of homework and and thinking to do about the subject. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let me ask this question. If you don't mind, Scott. May may I? We'll see. Okay. All right. (laughs) What what is it? What do you draw the line from being an eclectic group versus just supporting characters? Uh, For for instance, uh, let's say Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. Thinking of that, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Now you look at each of those individual characters and you say, okay, Sokka's the supporting character, but his own arc brings him up to being to being kind of a main character yeah, in that. That's exactly like he's one of my favorite characters from anything yeah. ever. And I was like thinking about that. I'm like, is he a supporting character? Is he like because they're all kind of the main right? Character. They like, kind they of say Aang is the main main character, but yeah. they all really have. Yeah, it, yeah. That's what I think. I think. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, not to jump in on Scott. But my own thought is that uh, if the final resolution of the story relies on one character's actions, it's like after our last airbender, the Avatar has to absorb the power of um, the comet to defeat Ozai. Ozai, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it is the prophecy of the Avatar, essentially. So uh, they all have... Uh, they're good strong, supporting characters because they all have their own arcs. They're all there for their own purpose. They're not just there to be Aang's stereotypes. They're there to right. do their own thing, but they still support Aang in completing the third act of the story. Uh, whereas, I'll reference my new favorite show, um, The Expanse. Tommy is familiar with this one as well. Uh, there's a character there, Jim, or James, who is kind of that he does a lot of the main moving in the story, but it's not it's not reliant on him at any point. It's the story of what the proto molecule is doing in the stretch of space between Earth and uh the Jovian the belt. belt. Yeah. yeah. The Jovian moons. There's room for each character to operate individually because it's the story of what's happening there. Same with Game of Thrones, it's the story of Westeros, not just of uh the failures in telling a final season. <laughs> I just had to put that in there, didn't you? I did. Yeah, but yeah. but if you look at Wait, there was a final yeah. season. There's a final season. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, but if you look at uh, even the way the books in the Sound of Ice of Her are told, um, each character has their own arc, and they they are critical in the resolution of their own arc. But no one is critical really to the resolution of each other's um, arc fully. Each person can complete their arc mostly by themselves. Because it's the story of what happens when the fighting is done. It's the story of this war and the resolution thereof. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I got <laughs> Does you. that answer your question? Yeah, I think actually it did. Very much so. And so Gotta put um, my degree to work. So they are yeah, supporting characters. They're I just minded, very well supporting characters. Mm-hmm. If I minded that question, yeah, I totally minded that one, see, Michael. Don't. <laughs> don't well, you should have said something. Yeah, <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, 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 that's a good answer. And there is the. Sometimes it's tough to decide who's the. If they are supporting or if they're. If it is a mm. cast of characters. 
Uh, and that that's a great that's a big decision to make when mm-hmm. writing a story is how much uh, you're gonna how much time you're gonna you know screen time when I say but yeah. page time or whatever mm-hmm. is gonna be dedicated to those characters. Um, I think we've talked like NCIS again has been on for three hundred years. Oh uh, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it it's not a bad show. It's formulaic, but it's character driven and Gibbs is the main character, mm-hmm. but the rest of the team is not uh, a little more than just a supporting cast. Cause they all, and yeah, the show's they all have a, long. have a story. Yeah. Yeah. They, they all have a story. They are all integral to the plot. Okay. Star Wars. No, the first... no. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the first one? The first one, the collected characters are supporting characters. Which, uh, well, not uh, not yeah. a New Hope. Pretend like a New Hope's not there because when it was first out, it wasn't a New Hope. It was just Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for that, um, because it begin mm. it begins and ends on Luke alone. It is that arc, but when you see. Uh, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It kind of begins on a on Leia ship, but that's oh, well, well the, yeah. the the conflict between rebels and uh, yeah. empire. Well, that yeah, but that almost serves as more as a, a in my opinion, it serves as more as like a, uh, a prologue in terms of structure. Maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we actually get uh, a proper first act once we drop to the planet because Luke experiences the inciting incident uh, when the droids bring the. Or when he finds the droids, or I guess when the droids come to him, if you talk about the wills. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but retroactively, it is very focused on Luke when you talk about the prophecy of the wills that uh, George Lucas just had a fever dream of and started typing about. Uh, Speaking of a fever dream, John, John, we reached the dimension where there's two Johns. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> They're operating in different times. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're both muted, too, which is good. So, uh, so I, I'm sorry for a little bit ago. I was talking like usual. Sorry. Maybe that's why my system crashed. Uh, but I, so I've got like, I've got my 24 inch TV here, camera here. I've got my laptop over here. I look it like blue screen of death. Oh, and no. it's like, something's happened to your system. I'm like, oh, no. Because I was in the middle of a sentence. You, <laughs> so, you know, it was probably Jeff Goldblum with a friggin' virus that he, like, sent through an alien <laughs> ship. Yeah, you know, teach me. So I immediately, like, jumped on my phone. And, well, I waited for the system to boot again. So if you notice, I changed my two names uh, for a G.I. Joe homage to Tomax and Zaymont. So it's, it's like the... Uh, it it's sorry, like the, Tim. I just no, that, I that threw me off. I put yeah. down there. And I'm a- like, Amy, Wait a Amy on Facebook <laughs> says too much, John. Uh... <laughs> oh, never, never enough. Never enough, John. Come on, I'm. Uh, I'm well, can you turn, can you unmute the other one and then mute this one? So, because I'd rather hear the other one because the finger is better with the other one. <laughs> John, this, this one's kind of yellow. The yellow other one's sounds more deeper. natural. Yeah. This come back in honor of Tamora Morrison returning to the Star Wars fold. How is that? There you go. So, if you, there you go. We yeah. got a clone. If you'd come back with a goatee on, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. Oh, that would be cool. Be. That would have been cool. You had to put epaulets. Whenever someone's bad, they yeah. have a 
epaulets yes. on. <laughs> and their hair is always combed over a little slick, slick back. Yep. That's hey, like Toby like, Maguire, right? <laughs> I remember seeing the the weird the, the, the fever dream that is Jupiter sending. And it comes oh, in on gosh. Eddie Redmayne's character and like, oh, he is for sure a villain. <laughs> <laughs> he's here, slicked back hair, a giant robe. <laughs> <laughs> now we lost both of them again. Oh, oh, it's going to be three now. They're multiplying. Yeah. Yeah. What it's like, it's, a, it's a triple. Movie, really? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure you're supposed to know. <laughs> it had Channing Tatum in it. That's <laughs> John, you killed Jupiter the ascending. one. That's the one I wanted you to kill. You're, yes. you're all the good. You're, I wanted the other one. You can't hear. No. No. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. Uh, that mean? This is this is good. This is good programming. It's good this content. Is, you know what John's getting for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> what we wanted a supporting character. Yes. 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 <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Star Wars, uh, but because yeah. uh, L- Luke is the one who finishes the he starts and finishes the arc. Uh, Han Solo and they all help, but Han Solo doesn't really. His arc ends with him helping Luke. And uh, Leia's arc uh, pops in and out of uh, Luke helping her, uh, but Luke is is crucial to all their el- the stories essentially resolving. Uh, whereas uh, if we were to uh, in some way uninstall Han Solo and Leia, uh, the Luke, the more story would more or less be the same with Luke learning that he is a Jedi, becoming a Jedi, and fighting Darth Vader. Well, couldn't all of them be supporting characters and R2 and 3PO be the main guy since they were in all nine of them? Because 3PO right. brought the rain to Mount Doom. So I have an interesting theory in that um, uh, 3PO and uh, Luke are the metaphors for the sons of Adam and the if you're the sins of the father oh, theology. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, because they're the, they both live or, or created and die on screen, resolving the issues their father created. So, if anyone mm. is understands Calvinism, there you go. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, deep theological. From Calvinism here. You know who's an annoying supporting character? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna. Are we done with with deep theological? Metaphor? We're good. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to speak. I'm millennialism, kids. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was gonna, okay. Uh, back to annoying characters. Um, <laughs> Temple of Doom. Um, oh, Willie. Oh. Willie. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, the woman in Temple of Doom. Oh yes, yes. She That's might, a little boy. The little boy, remember? Short round, short round, short round, short he's round. Dr. Jones, no, he's the no, best. He's, he's the best, short but short also there are some deep. There's some deeper issues when we're going to have to take it into context. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goonies, Temple of Doom. He mm. is. He deserved an Oscar. Mm. Uh, but she like talk about whiny and annoying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. She, she just out. causes problems. The yeah. entire time yes uh, how did, how come how did indy fall for her that's what i don't yeah. understand <laughs> she was hot <laughs> she never redeemed herself you're absolutely right she no. never redeemed herself at all yeah because at the end she's still whiny and angry right and she's yeah. and then it was it until like the elephant like psh, right yeah. and she 
and that's the end, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the kids or whatever. Yeah. Right off sunset with all the kids running around them. And yeah, that's it. it's it. Well, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have we discussed this? Indiana Jones has no bearing on the plot of Raiders of the Lost. Ark. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He, he's just there. He's yeah. just there. That's true. Yeah. Character. <laughs> he is a character to the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The yeah. movie is the character, and yep. he's just in the background, running around. Just there. Yeah. All the scenes the movie is about the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's along for the ride. It just uh, it says it. The, and there, so then, like uh, Harry Potter, yeah. I, I, I think you know he might. Okay, he's got the curse and the thing and the, all that, whatever. I, um, I've got my own Harry Potter problem. Well, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to step on your toes because I feel like it should be called Hermione and her dumb friends. <laughs> I, I think it should. I think Agreed. it should be called. Let's just make it up as we go. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really how it yeah. works. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, but time travel means. Just- Oh, I was gonna say time travel magic doesn't work except yep. for this watch, which only <laughs> I have, but I'll give to you. <laughs> yep, for but no reason. That that, that was a, uh, and they did not do this in the book. She did not do this in the book. Hermione wasn't the know all right in the book. Yeah. Right. She wasn't know it all, but she wasn't the know all. <laughs> yeah, right. that's true. Uh, yeah, like I think they took a lot of. Didn't they take a lot of Ron's lines well, and you give know, them to her? Because he was the one who like grew up in the Wizarding World, so he yeah. had like stuff mm-hmm. that he. Could well, tell the card, the Nicholas Flamel like, card uh, at the beginning, yeah. or you talked, or the Dumbledore card, and it talked about Nicholas Flamel played a lot into it in the plot of the first book that they didn't really touch on, and that, but it just kind of they kind of came out with Hermione knows, boom, yeah. and there you go. <laughs> they <are. laughs> and they and the director and the writer said, it, you know, if there's something that we want to do, um, come on. You know, we expletive, uh, not expletive. Oh my gosh, exposition. Oh, exposition. Thank you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> if you want, you want some exposition in there, you just have Hermione know it, and yeah. that's just, she can explain it. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. have to really, yeah, can you just that's annoying about a supporting character, yeah, but I, but she she was really the smart one, and like mm-hmm. I feel like like Harry and Ron were just. Just locked out. No, like, Harry was yeah. a little. Was a she little did a lot of the like, work all yeah. the way through them. Yeah, the book. He was I, at the end of the books. Punk. I couldn't stand him. He, yeah. uh, Harry was the uh, and and um, storytelling archetypes. He'd be the the knight or the soldier or the the mercenary, the yeah. one who's <laughs> the child who's surprisingly good at killing. Uh, <laughs> and and this having to luck into being in the situation is because of the curse that he was given at birth. So that was more or less. Prophetic storytelling is what makes him the main character rather than actually giving him a whole lot of agency. Right. But right. My, my, that's something he came my desk for the other day, whereas the, uh, Harry, Hermione, and Ron who said, uh, the boy who lived, the smartest of her generation, Ron. Ron. <laughs> yeah. I, I always have a problem, and I know I might, it might bother me more than it should, but like, but luck for a, mm. A hero. I and I, I forgive me if I've mentioned this before, but Anakin. Your power. Anakin on Naboo. Yeah. Like he lucks out, and you could say it's the Force or whatever, but like, I don't like that. I don't like when, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, the Hobbit movies. Ugh, when all, <laughs> all of the dwarves are just lucky with the with the goblins, and they just right. they uh. roll and they tumble, and then when they're with Smog. 
They just it's fall it's and they open. fall and they fall. God, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, they were trying to prolong like it. The That's what they were doing. Can't, can't <laughs> they were shoot trying anybody to make anything. it right. three movies <laughs> instead of one. Is what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a bunch of chat. Uh, Emily and YouTube says, "Hi, Tommy." Uh, Roland <laughs> asks, "Does that mean she opens oh, blind?" Oh no, are they watching? Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Hilton says, "Hey, Tommy." Uh, Renee oh, Formati no. says, "Hey." <laughs> oh no! Hey, y'all. Tommy, you got the the, the fan club going. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna jump over there and yeah, <laughs> leave that meeting. <laughs> We're gonna change this to the the, the Tommy Floramonti and his and my, uh, and my supporting. supporting yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Merry Men, but I didn't think Haley would like that. So, uh... oh, Merry Men. <laughs> uh, tights. Tights. Get your bows, arrows, quivers, pantyhose. But uh, Did you say Abe Lincoln. Right. Yeah, uh, I the the reason uh, the you, you Bob Scott the reason why a lot of original fans did not like the prequel trilogy was like all Metaclorians make Anakin just kind of pop up into the situation. Yeah, and then if you get to like the weird the stars as a metaphor thing you can talk about the wills what like uh, creating this way of tracking their children so they know like uh, how to work the universe in their favor which is a whole other can of snakes yeah <laughs> but uh plane yeah but it does kind of <laughs> we but then that develops two theories in star Wars episode uh one phantom Menace, where either um darth maul is much more sinister than make him out to be because when he's chasing qui-gon he finds this random boy in the desert. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to run him over. I don't know who this kid is, but he's going to die today. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, oh, or because of the connection in the forest, he's like, oh, that kid's the chosen one. He's definitely going to die today. <laughs> but, but then it's more driven. There's a purpose there. So I'm just you know, like, hey, random kid. Like the opening scene in Toxic Avenger, where he's just like, hey, five points to run over that kid. <laughs> back to the original trilogy and everything and the balance and the force and stuff. Maybe it's basically Obi-Wan screwed all that up, right? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, really. No, Obi-Wan brought yeah, no, yeah, you had the Emperor and Darth Vader on the Sith side and you still had Obi-Wan and Yoda out there. So now, oh, now you introduce Luke and now we're going to teach Luke the force. There goes the balance. <laughs> no, because there were other ones still in the background. No, right? no, no. Yeah. No, no. That's 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 recon. That's retcon. Even in Legends, there was always t- in Legends. There's even more Jedi and Sith who existed in the background during the uh, Civil War than there was in New Canon. Yeah, and you know, if you think about like the original, you know, 1977, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't necessarily really talk about balance. It was just you know, the Force is something that surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. You know, so right. that's really what it was. The whole balance thing came into play later on, um, especially right. with the sequel trilogy. trilogy. Um, yeah. Personally, that's one of my favorite parts about it. I really love the whole idea of balance. Mm-hmm. I really love how they wrote Luke in The Last Jedi. Um, yeah. Anybody who hated Luke in The Last Jedi, I really am jealous of your perfect life because yeah, I'm amen. 47 years old. I was engaged to my son's mom for like 15 years. I come home one day. She gone, my kid gone 40 days after my dad died. I had been unemployed the year before. My dog almost died. Then, you know, it's like my life. Country music? Not, what's that? 
Do you it's, write country music? Yeah. No, that's deliverance. Never mind. Uh, you know, but but you know, so what? So as a forty-some-year-old guy, you know, and my kids just walking inside now. Uh, so yeah, as a forty-some-year-old guy, my life did not go the way that I thought yeah. it would. So when I saw Luke Skywalker later in life where his life did not go the way that he thought it would, yeah. not the way that anybody thought it would. I connected to that. I'm like, that. that's real life. I that's, get that. That's I how I viewed that, that, believe it or yeah. not. That's how I viewed I, that because it's like, it made sense for him. It took a while to get used to it, but then, uh, once we really dive into it, it's the idea that, you know, you believe it's, I, uh, it's the ultimate burnout. You spend your entire life, like, believing in what you've been told to be, like, the prophecy of the Force. Yeah. You beat the ultimate bad guy. You win the war. And you're like, all right, I'm going to like start this new way of life. I'm going to be part of a new government system. We're starting a new nation. And oh, by the way, all of it failed. Yeah, <laughs> literally <laughs> every single thing you fought for failed. The first kids you decide to teach has this real. You're like, oh, it could be evil. <laughs> yeah, and so he leaves. He and destroys. Then he tries to kill him. Yep, and, and then like, they blow up the government that you tried to start. And... <laughs> but the only thing that I yep. can say is this. If you want it to disappear, usually you don't leave a map. That's just all I can say. <laughs> That's a, Yeah. Well, also the bad guys have a map, so maybe it's like hard. tradition. Like, if, you're, if, you, if you leave in the Star Wars universe, you're supposed to leave a map. It's just what you do. <laughs> well, somebody had to find him. Yeah. My, well, my, you could have, but I think well this will begin to make things right. I have traveled too far and seen too much. Sorry, my own my my only criticism of Luke comes with the uh, the uh, the choice to aggressively drink space cow milk. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty gross. That I was think he was trying gross. to disgust her. I think he was just trying. Go away. Just yeah. Go yeah. Away. You know. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I feel cool. like that space milk is an excellent <laughs> spot to start to wrap up. Lady and gentlemen, uh, but, but have you guys had any of the uh, the blue and the green milk over? You know, you remember that time when they really promoted Kool Aid in the milk? There you go. That's how mm. I saw it. Mm. Uh, okay. <laughs> as long as it's not blue raspberry, because I'm thinking blue raspberry milk. No bueno. It's together with purple ketchup. You know, you're good, you're good to go. Oh, I remember <laughs> that from the nineties. Yeah, purple ketchup. Has anyone thought about how many varieties of mustard there are? And how too many? many. One is too are? many. Uh, mustard's delicious, but no, yeah. mustard's fantastic. My, my, How many ketchup's my, are I don't know, but like my my family, <laughs> our, the second language at home is French, so we have a wide variety of mustard and cheese here. That's <laughs> uh, good. Okay, okay, okay. I said I was wrapping up with space. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting <laughs> characters as cheese. <laughs> <laughs> comic book milk and cheese. There you go. Right. Evan Dorkin. Cheese, mustard, and space milk is an excellent supporting cast of characters to a well-rounded diet. And we are going to start to wrap up. Gentlemen, lady, thank you all. Uh, we're going to say goodnight real quick. Um, we'll, the the, 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 the uh, topic tonight, everybody, if you joined us late, was, <laughs> if you can believe it, uh, <laughs> what, makes, what makes a good supporting character, uh, if you are not watching this live or if you missed the beginning Go back and watch it. Toss your comments in. Share these videos. Always remember, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff for our videos here uh, and on our other social media uh, platforms. Don't forget about the mystery um, box. Oh, yes. Silverlinecomics.com slash 
mystery box. Mystery box. Mystery box. And uh, we have 20 boxes. The auction is going to start tonight, correct? And yeah. then we're going to wrap up next Wednesday. Uh, you have the opportunity to get exclusive, one-of-a-kind Silverline uh, goodies and artwork and comic books. It's an awesome opportunity to get stuff that you'd never be able to get otherwise. And I'm hearing box number five is the one to go for. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to lean towards seven, but... I hear box number seven is the one to go for. <laughs> we, uh, we've got to start wrapping up here. Um, I think that's all I have to say to, to, to talk us up. Uh, check out our website um, and uh, the mystery boxes and start bidding. And uh, we'll start... Um, I'll start... I'll start. Um, I'm Scott Wakefield uh, at Steam Patriots on Facebook and Instagram. I am likewise professionally on LinkedIn. If you want to connect there, I like doing that. And um, Steam Patriots will be coming soon from Silverline. How about I'll zag down diagonally to Rory Boyle. Say goodnight. Good night. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me all the same places you can find Scott at Steam Patriots. All right. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. See Michael Lanning, Christmas Michael Lanning over there. Yes. <laughs> I'm Michael Lanning. I am not on LinkedIn, but I'm on the other one. So you can find me there. And also Comics Newswires uh, Friday mornings at 11, 11 Eastern time. Yes. Thank you, sir. And uh, yeah, call it Medic. John Medic. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> du- du- duplicate multiple mm-hmm. man. <laughs> I was going for the Bond reference. You know, Medic. <laughs> John, uh, I, uh, I, I, I take my diet Pepsi shaking. Refreshing. But yeah, um, yeah, if you want to find me, just Google my name. There's not many of us out there. So. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Haley, go for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Haley Martin Art, and then my own comic Heroic Shenanigans is just HeroicShenanigans.com, or you can Google it. And if you spell it wrong, you'll probably still find it because it's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> Baroque Shenanigans soon to be accompanied by Baroque Shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if we could make that happen, I'd pay for it. <laughs> uh, t- uh, Tommy, you're over here on my screen. Go for it. Uh, Thomas Floramonte Jr. F-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-T-E Jr. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, everywhere else. Uh, all my personal stuff's on infernostudios.com. And something that uh, Tim and I didn't tell you about, we've got a new uh, crafting thing over oh, yes. on, mm-hmm. maybe you can say it when you do your uh, enders there, Mr. Uh, Mr. TK. But, uh, uh, but anyway, look for me. For Monty, Thank you. All right. As Tim. a spell there. <laughs> <laughs> once more. Oh, no, not once more. <laughs> F-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-T. <laughs> Go for it, Tim. Uh, I am Tim TK. I'm the associate editor here at Silverline, as well as our digital content curator uh, at the website, where if you go to silverlinecomics.com, uh, there is a new craft post. The craft is the series on creating comics that I personally edit. Uh, written by Tommy Floramonte Jr. talking about how he taught himself how to be a comic artist. And we already have and we already have uh, comments on there saying how people are going to show that to their kids who have been interested in uh, thinking it might be, inspi- might be inspirational. So that is I super rad. To make it funny. Yeah, yeah. Make it lives, funny. yeah. so that's super that's super rad. Um, 
I'm on all the social medias at Tim TK Writer. I'm uh, on TikTok at Tim Doesn't TikTok, where I talk about punk rock and literature and the intersection thereof. I'm on Twitch uh, at AgroBacon, A-G-G-R-O, Bacon, one word, where you can subscribe to me for free and uh, or follow me for free and subscribe for the low price of $5 a month where you can help me afford a Del Taco burritos. Oh. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn, but I don't use it. Before we go, the, the reason the reason we do we we do this rundown at the end. If you haven't caught on, we are all independent creators trying to carve our way uh, into the the creative world. We can, we'd love your support in this season of gift giving and so forth. Think about uh, some a non traditional gift of. Um, patronizing one of us giving uh like uh, tim had a great one over there you can you can support him uh in his efforts and uh, it's all very simple and very easy and um buy some comic books uh, when's the last Absolutely. time you've thought about buying a comic book as a gift uh buy a stack of them for a friend um get them into uh the independent comic books and we have so many great titles that are new and unique and um uh, the great stories with amazing art and uh, we would love for you to check those out. And if you do read our stuff, toss a review up somewhere and tell a friend, share those a- around. So uh, thank you for joining us. This is Wednesday Wham. We, uh, Silverline also has a Sunday night show, the occasional Monday night show. So st- uh, keep an eye out on our feeds and um, where our news comes out. Read our craft blog, buy our comics. We'd, uh, and we'd love to hear your feedback. So uh, for all of us, Good night and make mine, make mine silver Everybody, Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.